You're listening to Look at My Records. This is episode 192, and I'm your host, Tom Gallo. For this edition of Look at My Records, I spoke with musician, actor, and podcaster Parker Whirling. The Atlanta-based multidisciplinary artist has an eclectic background as he's dabbled in acting, in addition to writing his own music and launching a podcast during the pandemic called On That Note with Parker Whirling, where he interviews other musicians about their creative processes. Today, he dropped a brand new single called With a Little Love, which marks a shift in sound for Whirling from more synth-driven compositions to more Beatles-esque inspired guitar numbers. Over the summer, Whirling also traveled to Philadelphia to record a set of songs with Kevin Basco of Foxygen fame, which is scheduled for release in 2022. Tune into our interview to hear all about Whirling's sonic evolution how he uses his acting background and skill set to create gorgeous and cinematic music videos, the lessons that he's applied to his own songwriting processes after interviewing so many of his peers through his podcast, what he learned from recording with Basco in his Philadelphia studio, and much more. Plus, Parker picked some awesome records from hers, Toro y Moi, and Spirit of the Beehive. We'll dive into our interview right after the jump. If you're interested in hearing more episodes of Look at My Records, they're available on all streaming platforms. Please remember to rate, review, like, and subscribe on your platform of choice. I also encourage you to check out the Look at My Records website, where you can find reviews, premieres of new music, playlists, and a whole lot more. Check it out at lookatmyrecords.com. All right, everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of Look at My Records. I'm your host, Tom Gallo. I'm here with Parker Whirling. He just dropped a brand new tune today with a little love. Love the tune. Nice, short, but sweet tune. I really dig it. Congrats on the release. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me, Tom. Anytime. How's everything going with you? It's been a crazy couple of years. I can't believe I'm saying couple of years at this point, but what a couple of years it's been. How have you been holding up? been holding up pretty well mainly just trying to enjoy you know each day as it comes i uh i guess a year ago i started my own podcast as well another artist interview podcast and that has been something that has really kept my head uh straight kept me afloat because i really enjoy talking about music which is one reason why i'm really excited to talk to you today and uh, alongside doing that podcast called On That Note, if you want to check it out, uh, I also have been making music and I'm excited to talk to you about With A Little Love, but I have some other stuff that will be coming out in the next year as well. So uh, that's been fun to work on that over the last year or so. Totally. It's so cool. You have so much going on. You're a multidisciplinary artist. 
you're an actor. You've acted in several different things. I know you appeared in an episode of The Walking Dead. You act in your own music videos, which are really cool and very well done, very cinematic music videos. So before we get into the here and now, I'm definitely interested about your background. What came first for you? Because you're a musician and you're an actor. Uh, How'd you get involved in each one? Which came first? Yeah, great question. I did acting first. I got started in that when I was 10 or 13, depending on which event, I guess you want to consider like the catalyst. Uh, I did like a, you know, like a small play in my third grade class and uh, that I really enjoyed. And then since then, uh, I started doing like some theater camps and like stuff at school and then community theater. Um, But when I was 13, I started doing film and TV uh, classes, like film and TV acting classes at a place called the Company Acting Studio in Atlanta, where I was born and raised. And that really got me excited about doing acting like on film and TV and started doing um, small indie projects in the local area. And then The Walking Dead came when I was 15, turning 16. So I was a sophomore in high school. And once that happened, it made me realize like, oh, I can actually get on something that people will watch. And that really like set me off. And, you know, the next few years I started getting into that. Um, And around the same time in high school, I started playing music with my friends, Griffin and James and Pierce uh, in a separate band. We started really um, just jamming in Griffin's basement. And they taught me, like I sort of knew how to play guitar, but only a little bit. And um, they needed a bassist. So they were like, well, you can play bass. And I'd never played. So they taught me uh, you know, how to do that. And then we would switch around and play drums. So that's kind of how I started getting interested in playing music just by jamming with them and, and, uh, you know, learning how to play all these different instruments and how to play with other people. And then playing with Pierce in a different band, we did a lot of originals. So that's where I started learning how to record, even though I didn't do it. Um, this guy, Ross, we would record at his house. And I got to watch that happen and kind of got to experience what it was like to take something that was original and create it and record it and then actually, you know, press it on CDs and and play shows and do all that. So that was really a a pretty formative experience for me. And um, I just really enjoyed that aspect of it, watching something come to life. Yeah, totally. And um, then when I went out, uh, or when I graduated high school, I went out to Los Angeles uh, to take a gap year that turned into five years. And uh, I started really, you know, I went out for acting, but music along the way gradually became something that I was probably more obsessed with. And uh, to this day, we'll definitely say I am more obsessed with music. But um, yeah, it has been, it's crazy to think, you know, telling you this now that it's been this long of a, a journey. Um, but yeah, music really kind of slowly became the most important thing to me. So it was like kind of a gradual thing. Do you find yourself going through phases where you're more focused on one rather than the other? And what kind of phase do you think you're going through right now? Oh, there's no doubt that it is um, music. Uh, actually, probably 
the podcast phase because that's really new. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I never thought I would even do something like this. And uh, then one day I decided to ask my friend if we could do an interview. His name's Ethan Ardalan. Shout out to him. And he makes really cool music, a lot of good hip hop beats. And we um, we were going to do it like in my backyard, like I was going to film it. And um, it was it was right before the pandemic. So then once it happened, we like put it, you know, to the side for a while. And then probably for the best, because then a couple months later, I was like, maybe we should just do it over Zoom. And that kind of set the ground for me being able to do podcasts with anyone around the world and not have to yeah. worry about doing it in person. So kind of glad that that happened. But yeah, I guess I'd say the phase I'm in now is a mix of the podcast and music thing. Acting at this point, as much as I really enjoy it, is I've always felt like it wasn't up to me. A lot of things aren't up to me. Like I, I'm, a, you know, not in a bad way, but you're like a pawn going on set and you yeah. do what the director wants you to do. You're, you're serving a small part of the story, depending on, you know, what role you are. You have some say in how you act and things like that but at the end of the day it's not my thing it's not my project so i enjoy the the creative control of making music and and the podcast is you know feels more collaborative because it is a conversation but it, in a way it is creative because i get to shape the the ways it goes you know like oh i want to talk about this let's talk about this and uh ending it with the last five is fun because i get to compare people's answers but yeah, podcast phase, music phase for sure right now. Awesome. Yeah, the podcast is great. You you mentioned it a little earlier and you're talking about it now. It's called On That Note. Really dives into the creative process of different musicians that you talk with. And it seems like you're very interested in your peers creative processes and how they go about making music which i'm also very interested in so i encourage everyone to check out the podcast on that note with parker whirling what inspired you to want to start this podcast was it this general curiosity of how other musicians go about doing things and kind of sharing that with the world yeah that's a great question i think that maybe what sparked it was the idea of you know i wish i had a podcast like this to listen to when i was younger because i always felt like i came into things really late because i had friend the two friends i mentioned griffin and james they were when i would play in a band with them they always took the reins and i let them because they had more experience than me and I think I just wish that I had something like this to be a source of like kind of unfiltered um, advice about artists that I look up to and what they think. You know, if I had known that, you know, all you needed was a cheap audio interface and, uh, you know, Logic or GarageBand even just to make you know, songs, I'd be doing it all day, but I always felt like I needed, I felt like you needed all these things. And, um, I wish somebody had come along and told me earlier, you don't need all that. You just need good ideas and patience and practice and, uh, just constantly making things in order to, 
to watch it grow because you're not going to start out and it's going to be perfect. You know, it's not going to be perfect. So really, that was kind of the the thing, the initial spark. And then eventually it kind of turned into really getting to know people I looked up to because now at this point I've had a little more than 90 episodes and I've talked to some people that are friends and then I've talked to people who I never thought I would talk to because I've looked up to them and their music for so long. So yeah. it's, it's a really cool way to be like, oh, wow, we're all just people and we all have the same uh, doubts and the same loves for this thing that we do. So it really is a humbling thing and it makes the world feel smaller for me. Totally. It's a great experience to connect with people you admire and get to pick their brains a little bit. Something that I'm really curious about, because after really diving into all of the music that you've released over the course of the past three years, uh, this most recent tune, With a Little Love, to me sounds a lot different than anything you've put out beforehand. So in conjunction with the podcast and basically getting to chat with all of these different people, how do you think that influenced your sound if at all yeah i think in general well you're right the newest song with little love is definitely very different than everything else it's more yeah um acoustic pop i guess uh whereas everything was very more it was a lot more electronic driven yeah it's synth driven yeah yeah and the next few things that i have coming out will fit that more will fit the more acoustic side of things so it is going in that direction a little bit more but as far as the podcast influencing it i think little things for from each interview probably subconsciously made its way into the way i record one specific thing i can think of is i recorded an ep um, that will come out probably next year with um a guy I met on the podcast, his name's Kevin Basco. Kevin Basco, yeah, yeah. rubber band gun. So, yeah. as soon as I met him on the podcast, I was like, "There's something special about this guy. Like, he really loves music and he loves recording, and he has such a interesting way of looking at things." And since then, I really wanted to work with him, but I wanted it to be the right kind of songs. And then one day, I wrote this one song, and I was like, "Okay." this is the one I should reach out to him about. And he suggested that we do an EP since he's in Philly and I'm in Atlanta. So he's like, if you're going to come up here, you might want to come for like five days, six days so that, and you don't want to do one song that whole time. You could, but it might be like really tedious, I guess. So he suggested I have four or five songs or really as many as I can bring them to him and we'll whittle it down. And watching him really like, work made me think about the way that I was doing it before because everything I was doing before was very like splice sounds and um, just doing what I could to make things like sound authentic instead of just doing it authentically if that makes sense yeah Uh, especially drums because I don't have like a full drum set but then I realized I could just record one drum at a time if I needed to. And now we didn't have to do that with Kevin, but just watching him like, you know, recording everything one take, like you don't, not doing things in parts unless you really have to. I used to always not do it that way. I used to always uh, 
right as I record or yeah, right as I recorded instead of writing a song and starting it with a little love yeah. was probably one of the only songs or one of the first songs that I wrote a hundred percent out and then recorded it as opposed to like writing a song to a recording, like as in tandem with it, I guess. So that was the biggest thing that's influenced me from the podcast, but just in general, talking with so many people, I feel like they've subconsciously influenced the way I approach music and the way I approach like creating and wanting to collaborate and, um, you know, doing things like this, like doing the, even the press stuff, you know, it's like everyone has taught me, uh, at least one thing that has shaped me, even if it's more subconscious than anything. Yeah. And I, I think this collaboration with Kevin Basco is awesome. I'm really looking forward to for everyone to hear the uh, finished EP. What was it like working with him in the studio? He is, you know, one half of Boxygen with Jonathan Rado, and they have this really uh, distinct kind of vintage sound to their music. He's also a big part of. Uh, working with bands like the Lemon Twigs that also have this like really vintage kind of power poppy sound. So what was it like working with him? Were you working with a lot of analog gear in his studio? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was like a dream come true for me to work in such an analog driven space. Because like I said, everything I'd done before was very um, just digital, I guess. And going to his place was was crazy it just felt like such an experience and it felt like this is what i should be doing to make music and and since then i haven't really even made that much music i've written a few things that i'm excited about doing later but it almost makes me like really hesitant to start recording kind of the way i was before because i really liked what i did up there and i like the outcome of it it's still in the mixing phase but it's like stuff that I never thought I could make, which is a really cool feeling. So yeah, being there was nuts. It was just a very creative space. Um, we just wake up, you know, we every morning we'd start maybe around 11 a.m. And um, we just, it was cool because the first two days we were doing pretty basic stuff like guitar tracking and like scratch vocals and like i don't even we maybe we did drums on the second day um but gradually things started coming together so it was really cool to see that process and he told me from the beginning he's like if you're feeling frustrated after the first day or two don't let it be like that because things usually start coming into a coming into shape around you know the third fourth day because now you've started adding things and you've uh really like like he's so crazy. Like I would be like, oh, maybe we should do this little uh, synth line here, this keyboard thing, and like it would take five minutes. He'd be like, oh, what do you think of that? I'm like, yeah, that's that's perfect, literally. <laughs> so it was cool to have somebody that could literally just bust something out so quickly, whereas I'd be, you know, banging my head against a wall trying to figure it out. Thank you. Tell me about with a little love specifically. How'd that song come together as far as writing it? So you had this song basically prepared completely before you went to the studio with them. 
And then you wrote, also wrote a couple of other songs to bring up to Philly with you. Right. So With a Little Love is actually um, not part of the EP. I didn't work on that okay. with him. Uh, the EP is four songs that I went and recorded with him like four months. I mean, not even four months ago, probably like three months ago. But With a Little Love, I recorded with a band called New Beat Fund who worked on my other songs, Always, Always, Silver, <coughs> Silver Words, and then this other one that will come out without, after With a Little Love. Um, but I recorded that with them, New Beat Fund, in January. So they are separate, but they do have like a similar feel. Like They make sense going from With a Little Love to the new EP. But... With a little love, it really kind of came about because I just think it's so funny. My friend Pierce and roommate out in LA, when I was living there, I flew in from Atlanta to come back home. And they, uh, he was like, Hey man, have you ever listened to, uh, Waylon Jennings? I'm like, no, I don't really <laughs> listen to uh, a lot of country. He's like, Oh brother, you really yeah. should. And he started showing me all this Waylon and Willie stuff. And like, he like, I was like, oh, yeah, it's kind of cool. Um, but he played it all the time uh, for like, like a month. And I slowly started really, really getting into it. And he totally turned me on to Willie Nelson and Waylon and um, like, who else? Hank Williams Jr. and a few others. And that, I think really subconsciously made its way into when I wrote with a little love because of the the picking style made me think of like I don't know some like hoedown kind of situation and uh, totally yeah and uh, but I didn't want to go like full country uh so I ended up making it feel a little bit more indie pop I guess but it it really stemmed from listening to a lot of uh like outlaw country which is so different for me, um, especially at that time. And yeah, that was really the story of how that came came uh, to life and then taking it to New Beat Fund. And they're the best. If anybody's listening to this, you should check them out. Great dudes, great producers, kind of similar to Kevin, where they just bring new ideas to life that you uh, didn't have when you first bring like a demo. Yeah, amazing. Very, very cool. So for this next set of songs, did you record all the instruments yourself then when you went up to see Kevin? With Kevin, um, with everything else, it was pretty much all by myself. Um, but with Kevin, I really let him take the reins on a lot of things, which in some ways was hard because I'd always recorded my own stuff. And I, I already knew how I wanted certain things to sound, but I also trusted him to just yeah. make it sound good because he's he's not going to bullshit me. Like he would tell me if the vocal line didn't feel right. And that's a pretty personal thing to tell someone. So I knew he wasn't going to bullshit oh, me if something yeah. sounded bad. Um, and you know, he listened to me when I felt like something could be different when he was doing it. Um, but he did pretty much all the drums and he slayed it. Like I've never really recorded live drums. It's been a while I have, but it's been a while and it was nice to just have someone else do that lay down the groundwork because if i i think if i like went to do it it might have taken us a a good few takes um but we would switch off so i did the like rhythm guitar for everything and then he did he did bass for a couple tracks i did bass for a couple tracks um he did some background vocals for one of the songs um 
And pretty much all the keys, except for maybe one thing he, he did, because that's definitely my weakness is uh, piano. So yeah, it was a pretty collaborative effort, but it was so nice to have him be able to pick up the slack when I didn't feel like I could do something quite right. Um, so that was awesome. I also noticed that you used to release music under the name Focal Feature, oh, yeah. and then you shifted to your your own name. Why'd you decide to to make that shift? I was wondering if you were gonna if you're gonna dig that deep. Uh, yeah, that was uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool that you you listened to that. I feel like with a little love is actually almost like an extension of those songs or at least oh wow closer closer fitting than the things that i released under my own name um but vocal feature really was just um i mean i could have done it under my own name like i just felt like i don't know i felt like i needed almost like a pseudonym like i always liked you know tame impala like to find out that that was one dude who was doing everything yeah, pretty much <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like now it's yeah. a meme at this point that's yeah. like oh do you know tame impala's one guy um <laughs> but when i first heard that i was like what the fuck are you kidding me yeah and um yeah so that really blew me away and i kind of wanted to do something like that and you know there's a lot of artists that are just you know it's a name but it's not their name and they do pretty much everything but that's what I really wanted. I, I liked the idea of there being like a an overall theme in the name as opposed to my personal name. Like when you think Parker Whirling, there's not like an image that pops up other than me, maybe, if you happen to know me. Uh, but if you think focal feature, it could be a lot of things uh, in someone's head. Like they could think of a lot of different things. So I really liked that idea but then when I put out my first song under my own name, Cry Baby with uh, no one else but Rico, shout out to him, Rico Morales. He, uh, it sounds a lot more R&B than anything on the EP that I did for Focal yeah. Feature. So I was like, I don't know if I want to have this on the same name. And then I was also just thinking about the fact that because I'm an actor and I use my own name all the time for things i was like well maybe it should just all be in one place like parker whirling should just be the you know sounds gross to say but like the brand and yeah. everything falls under one umbrella and that's my name so i think at first i was just self-conscious about using my name and then eventually i just got over it and and i'm glad i did earlier than later because i would have kind of sucked to like put out all these songs before with a little love under focal feature and then like switch out of nowhere yeah, it's cool, and it's cool to hear your sonic evolution as well, from those vocal feature songs to the early Parker Whirling tunes to With a Little Love, which just dropped today. So, <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. And to anyone who's listening, like when you put out your first things, you're, go you're always going to listen back to it and be like, oh, my God, I can't believe I put this out. So don't let that yeah, stop that you. Yeah, that always happens. Don't let yeah. it stop you. I totally agree. Because eventually you you'll evolve. You should hear the first episode of this podcast, <laughs> everyone. Yeah. Same here. I totally understand. I didn't know, I didn't know how to use like GarageBand well yeah. and stuff. But you just learn as you go along. Exactly. And then you figure it out. You figure out what works what doesn't work, trial and error. Yeah, I'm curious for you, have there been any like big breakthroughs doing this podcast? Like any big moments where you're like, oh, I'm gonna always do this or oh, I'm never gonna do that again. 
So I used to do... So this podcast went through several different evolutions, I'd say. I used to just do no guests at the beginning, and I would just play music that I wanted to play. Then I did a mix of me hosting solo episodes and guests. Then I also did this look at my records as a radio show on a radio station in Brooklyn. And I did both simultaneously. And, you know, that was a combination of guests and me playing music. And then I finally figured it out that this podcast should just be me and a guest. And then I'll have a separate radio show. So gotcha. a lot of trial and error and stuff like that as far as format um, and, th- and things like that. And then, of course, the pandemic made it interesting because the actual concept of the podcast was that I have people over my apartment and they actually like look at my records and like physically select them. Yeah. So that's what we used to do before the pandemic. But now. You know, we don't do that, so we use Discogs yeah. over the internet. So lots of evolution, adapting, and changing. So it's fun, though. It's been fun. I was thinking when I read that you used to do, <laughs> you used to do it in your own place. I'm like, man, that would have been so sick to come in and actually do it that way. I mean, this is cool, too, but the fact that you had One people day. come in and, like, pick three records, I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah. Next time you're in New York. Yeah, there you go. Were you pretty you limited by. to people who live there or would people fly in sometimes? Yeah, or like people that are in town touring and stuff right, like that. Right, that makes sense. You know, so like touring anytime someone's in town, stuff like that. So when tours happened, it seems like they're happening more now, which mm-hmm. is great. So good to see that. Yes, absolutely. So I also really love all the music videos you put out for each song you put out. You're basically pretty consistent in doing a video for each song you put out. Not all bands and artists are like that. And it's really cool because you act in each of your videos. It's cool to see you combine these different art forms that you're involved in, being a musician, being an actor as well. And, they're you know, they're really... Uh, high quality videos it's not just some like bullshit you know <laughs> <laughs> you know that well, some people you. put together you know so it, they're they're very cool and really really well done how do you approach uh, making a music video because it seems like it is a not just a a one day quickie undertaking uh, it seems like you put a lot of effort and work into them uh, well, thank you for the kind words. It definitely has also been an evolution with that stuff. Um, the first music video I did was Cry Baby because that was the first single I put out under my own name. And that was with my friend Austin Daig, who is a director, camera guru. And um, yeah, and you've been working with him, it seems like, on every uh, music video. You've yeah, done. I guess Just so. About, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, I worked. Well, what's exciting about With a Little Love is this music video is going to be like, I mean, it's going to be the most exciting one to me. We put a lot of, uh, a lot of time and effort, like way more than the other ones. Not to say the others are bad in any way, but it was, it was quite the undertaking for this new one. And I'm very excited for people to see it because it's, it's going to be very colorful and very um, fantastical. And my best friend Valeria uh, directed it and we've always wanted to work together on something like this. And um, 
the other ones, you know, with with Austin Dague, it was cool because we got to really get to know each other on a creative basis. The first song that we did, Cry Baby, was really fun, but it was it was pretty like, oh, let's just go to this place, let's film some cool stuff. Let's go to that place, we'll film some stuff. But it wasn't very um, laid out. And then Always Always came about and I had more of a concept. And that was fun because um, we shot on uh, VCR, I'd never done that before. And um, that was kind of also a really great learning experience because so many things like went wrong and we had to figure out how to navigate that without it being like totally frustrating and just making us want to quit. Um, and then, yeah, we did, we did Silver Words, uh, which was a really fun one, but it was all in one place. It was all like in my apartment and that was kind of in, uh, I guess that we just kind of did that because it was pandemic and I felt like because I'd spent that whole year in my apartment it was pretty fitting to do the video in my apartment and um just kind of be i tried to be a little bit more honest about how i was as opposed to the other two videos where i was just like having a good time and we like had a fun concept but this was supposed to be i wanted silver words to be a little bit more like showing the uh like the more personal side of me even if it like scared me to do it right because it did scare me to yeah. do it which i felt like was probably a good thing you know um but this new video i'm very excited for because it's just so much more different like we had like a you know i say a big crew it's not that big it was like 13 14 people but i never had that many people working on a music video for me and you know we like actually invested some money i never really did that before so there's a lot like a lot of risks which was scary but you know like we really believed in the idea and i love valeria for letting me uh or for like doing this for me and she had always wanted to direct the video so it really worked out because she's a photographer and she never done a directed a music video but it was like i trusted her she trusted me and it was a really fun experience so i'm very excited for people to see that because it's like a totally new evolution of the rest of the music videos what is next for you in terms of music that's coming out you have an ep in waiting in the wings i guess do you see that coming out in early 2022 or what what's the schedule looking like release wise yeah so i actually have one more song that kind of acts like a b-side to with a little love um i didn't mean for it to be like that but it feels like a natural second song after i don't think i'm going to do a music video for that one actually because we spent so much time and effort and money into this one that i feel like i'm kind of burnt out on wanting to do a whole new music video because i wouldn't want to do it like a half-assed one i'd rather it just be the single and that's called hazy lazy light uh at least right now i'm still thinking maybe i'll change the name i don't know but that will probably be out maybe in november so it'll be kind of a quick you know one two from with a little love to this and then the ep that i did with kevin i'm planning on probably putting that out in early 2022 i don't think i want to put it out at the end of this year and i'd like for i'd like to you know figure out if 
anybody wants to hook me up with like a distribution deal or a you know I've never worked with a label or anything like that and everything I've done has just been like I'm putting it out myself and having talked to so many artists on my podcast they have great advice for uh you know if you do want to sign with a label or a distribution company that you know you want to be careful you want to read the contract you you don't you might not necessarily need one so I would like at least to talk with some some people like that to understand what my options are because uh, with Focal Feature and those uh, older songs, they they just didn't really get the streams and the plays I wanted. I just, I would like for people to hear them. And um, I feel like the new stuff that is coming out is, is like the quality is now there that people can like, will hear it and think it sounds really good, but I don't want it to, you know, fall on deaf ears. I want people to hear it. So just working on figuring out that stuff as well. Cool. And I think you had alluded to it a little earlier, but what do you think people can expect sonically from this forthcoming EP and the B-side to uh, this new track with a little love? Yeah. So the B-side is going to feel more Beatlesy. Like it just feels more like, uh, Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Huge Beatles fan. Um, one of the songs that's in uh, the playlist that we're going to go over later is um, uh, Re- Revolver. I forgot oh, which song is it. I want to tell you. Yeah, that one. Um, Great song. Yes, love that song. So huge Beatles fan. And I'm, I was very excited to come up with something that felt um, Beatles-esque. So that's what you can expect from that one. And then the EP is a little more all over the place. It has like a really rockin' like bar band song. It has another kind of sweet Beatlesy feel song. One that's like almost like a ballad that I never thought I would, you know, write something like that. And then one that feels like something out of like a Van Morrison album. So uh, that one's a little more all over the place, but it was cool to write something that felt so cohesive. And I think Kevin is, you know, a big reason why it feels so cohesive because some of the songs, I mean, they sound pretty different from each other, but the way that they turned out and got instrumentated, I think is a a big testament to him and his studio, Historic New Jersey. Yeah, so this is something that's really cool about Kevin's music as Rubber Band Gun, uh, the stuff he's done with Foxygen, and even, you know, you can hear it in uh, bands like the Lemon Twigs as well. And, and you kind of just mentioned it, kind of making an EP or an LP, uh, even though the songs are distinct in their own ways, sound really cohesive. Did he have any advice or uh, impart anything onto you during the recording process to kind of make them, you know, yeah. gel and flow together as a, you know, four song or five song work uh in general with that i think it was it was more of just like we had i had like 10 songs that i went up with and we picked three that we were we felt were pretty good so it really was more of just like listening to it with an open mind and thinking okay what realistically makes sense all together um because i had i mean i really had like a hodgepodge of different songs over different times of my life 
Yeah. And most of them, the three out of the four were new, were, were pretty new, but one of them was from like <clears throat> uh, maybe two years ago or a year and a half. So it really was just having an open mind with someone else and trusting that this person who's done this thousands of times is going to have a really good ear yeah. for it. Um, so I wasn't really worried about, I mean, I was worried about which songs we picked because truthfully, I was only like really uh, stoked on two of them. And the other two really, uh, he like made me feel more confident about because of the way that we could instrumentate it later. And uh, one of them, like we only picked three and then his other friend came over later and we asked his opinion on, you know, which one do you think could be a fourth one? And he was like, oh, that one is, that one's cool. It almost reminds me of this. And we were like, oh my God, like, you're right. But it, <laughs> but it wasn't, it really didn't sound like it. Like if you listen to the old version, I'm surprised he said it. But once he said it, we like, Kevin and I looked at each other like, that's, that should be the inspiration. Let's record it that way. Because it used to be like an old like, I mean, it used to be sounding like almost pop punk or like surf punk. It sounded more like surf punk. Yeah. So it didn't really fit the other songs. But then he was like, oh, it kind of reminds me of like a Van Morrison thing. And we were like, that's how we should do it. We shouldn't do it like surf punk. We should make it like, you know, Van Morrison would make it. And suddenly it fits. So I think overall, just keeping an open mind and asking other people who whose opinion you respect um, what they think. Yeah, that's always so cool to hear how someone like, him is able to shape a song and make it sound very different than it was originally intended to sound or originally sounded. Yeah. And that sounds like that's what happened there. Have you talked with him on your show? No, not yet. You should. He, he's sure a, he's a great future. person to talk with. I've spoken with uh, Jackie Cohen yeah. and uh, Jonathan Rado was there with with her this is like a couple of years ago oh very cool uh, she was cool too and i know they're all like friends and connected and stuff right uh so yeah they're great musicians all of them for sure absolutely yeah it was a pleasure working with them truly all right so now we're gonna play a few of your songs one of them is called silver words uh, tell us a little bit about Silver Words. Silver Words was another song I worked on with um, New Beat Fund in LA. Nice. And they are awesome wizards. That's what I call them. They're wizards in the studio because I would bring them a <clears throat> basic, like a pretty basic track. I mean, I guess I say basic, but it was pretty finished. I just needed like some special sauce that they do because <laughs> you know like some people just got it and like I, I felt like I had brought it to its furthest evolution that I could by myself and then that's when I know like okay it's time to take it into the studio like the real studio not my bedroom and um, they just like they they usually clean things up like sometimes my my drums will be kind of messy or things won't be quite aligned. So they really just clean things up and then they offer different ideas. Um, and then for some reason, just having them in the studio or someone else in the studio, it like gives me new ideas to how to shape it. So we would like do things like, I just remember the chorus used to be so much more um, busy. Like the drums were, the yeah. drums didn't change at all in the chorus. Like, 
where the, it's a driving beat in the verse. Uh, and then it would go to the chorus. It wouldn't change at all. And I don't know what happened, but when I was there, some they like accidentally took out one of the drums. I was like, okay, hold on. We have to redo this because something sounds really good right now. But it, it, it couldn't be no drums at all. So we just had to figure out what the rhythm was. And that really changed everything. And then another huge thing that felt like a risk to me was in the second chorus because the structure is weird it's not really like first chorus first chorus um it, the second chorus i felt like it needed to change a little bit so we just took out the drums for the second half of it and it's like these two grimy synths that are going on and my voice is all of a sudden like distorted and deep and it just felt like i loved it and then i got really scared that people were gonna hate it uh, so that was one of those moments, still to this day, probably more than anything that I've released. Maybe Heaven Sent a little bit, I was worried how people would feel. But that song, that moment, I was like, oh my god, this is crazy. Like, I can't believe I'm going to do this. Like, it doesn't sound pretty in any way. Uh, it scared me, but then I was like, if it scares me to put it out, then, and I really like it, that's a good sign. Totally. That's a, you got the right approach. Everyone, we're learning lessons. Yes, we love we're learning lessons. We're talking about all the lessons we've learned, Parker and I. And this is a great tune, Silver Words. We're going to play it. First, you're going to hear the brand new uh, single from Parker Whirling, my guest. It's called With a Little Love. Then we're going to hear Heaven Sent and Silver Words. And then we'll be back. Parker picked some records. We're going to talk about it. Uh, Falling back into your arms with a little
All right, we are back. We heard Parker's new single with a little love. Everyone, I know you loved it. So check it out on your streaming platform of choice. We also heard two of Parker's previously released singles, Heaven Sent and Silver Words. Everyone, Get pumped for the video for With a Little Love, which will be out in about two weeks. In the interim, I really enjoyed the video for Heaven Sent, so head over to YouTube, check it out. Thank you very much. You're you're very welcome, my pleasure. Now you picked some records. We're going to talk about them. First up, Harm in Change by Taro E. Moi, off of his 2013 album anything in return love this record love his older stuff he's definitely undergone a interesting revolution i I definitely am a fan of everything he's ever released i listen to each record pretty closely and i've enjoyed everything he's put out but i'm particularly fond of his output from like 2009 to 2013 i get really nostalgic over it and this record is an example of that so good selection thank you thank you i was very excited <coughs> sorry i was very excited to see it on your discogs i wasn't expecting it but i also have it on vinyl and it uh, is one of my most listened to for sure how did did his sound influence you at all i could hear a little bit in some of the earlier stuff you've put out with uh you know very electronic very synth driven this is a time when he was really uh, you know channeling that type of sound yeah i would say toro y moi even though i don't listen to him all the time i'll go through phases with him but he's one of the most influential people in my sound i think at least for the last two years i think with a little love and on uh, he doesn't, that kind of electronic yeah. sound, the dancey does not um, fit as much. But I mean, he's always there in the back of my head. But definitely with Always Always, Silver Words. Um, and I mean, even some of the focal feature stuff, like he really had a big hand in that. That song in particular, Harm and Change. I remember hearing it for the first time and like it just took me on a journey. And it's crazy because there's not that many like it's not a typical structure at all it's almost just one thing front to back but so much happens in it that it really like makes up for the lack of like verse chorus bridge chord changes all that stuff it really is just one great dance tune and the sounds he get is crazy uh and and then the whole album like i fell in love with but that one was like the first song by him that i really ever heard and like fell in love with and and he's someone who's interesting who's gone through so many changes in his yeah, career totally like outer peace is so different i mean it's still very dancey but and then i heard um i always forget the name of it but it's the one where he's the album covers him in front of like a wall with the sun behind him kind of um i always forget the name but it's like way more 70s psychedelic 
than it is anything else. I'm like, I can't believe this is the same person. Yeah, it's uh, crazy. I believe that record is called... Is it? Oh, What For? What For? That's yeah, right. that's a good one. Yeah. Great one. It's got some really good tunes, and it sounds nothing like anything in return. Kid A, off of Kid A by Radiohead. Great timing for this selection because they just announced yeah. this release that I guess is going to encompass or be made up of B-sides, unreleased material from the Kid A and Amnesiac sessions. Really, really excited for that. And I mean, this record changed so much for music. Uh, you know, it's just can't can't say enough about kid a yeah i wish i was there well i mean i was like four or five when it came out so it didn't really <laughs> hit uh but i wish i could have been you know my age now when it came out just to hear how much it changed the landscape and um it was one of those albums for me that like radiohead is my favorite band of all time and like that album snuck up on me because i bought three of them at the same time when i went to amoeba records in in hollywood i bought kid a okay computer and the benz and okay computer was my favorite of the three and kid a and benz like i don't know i liked both but neither one of them like were as good to me as okay computer and then in rainbows became my favorite and probably still is but now uh, Kid A, I think, is better than OK Computer. And I ne- like it took me a long time to realize that. I mean, music is subjective, so in- anybody can disagree with me. But I think that album is like, I return to that album way more than I do um, OK Computer now. And maybe even more than in Rainbows, because it is just like, nothing sounds like that. I, I can't think of anything that sounds like it. Always cool to see how much they push their boundaries with every record. They're not content with doing the same thing twice at all. Yeah. And throughout their entire career, you can really see a progression from each record. And I'll say Pablo Honey isn't even a bad record. I think if they (laughs) put out that record and then broke up, I think people would look nostalgically upon hey this is a randomly good alternative rock record from 1994 but you know thankfully they kept going and put out many many much better records but from that point to where they are now i mean they're just never content with doing the same thing again and again and i think okay computer to kid a is probably the best example of that because (laughs) <laughs> they put out a record that everyone thought was the best thing that came out in the last, you know, decade or even 20 years. And then they did it again, like four years later. So they put out the best record of the 90s and then put out the best record of the 2000s, not, not that yeah. far after it. So it's really, you know, hard to, again... Hard to overstate their influence and their dedication to their craft, without a doubt. Yeah, and the amount of people who probably hated it 
when it came out too. That's yeah, what's totally. Crazy. That's that's well, people. A lot of fans. That's always the dilemma. <laughs> right, fans yeah. want more of the same sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't like it when you change it up too hard. They probably want another okay, uh, you know, okay computer. But artists, you know, aren't you know don't want to do the same thing. It's kind of like a delicate, delicate balance. Yeah, they they really pushed yeah. it with that one. I think. And here's another hugely influential record, Loveless by Muddy, My Bloody Valentine. You selected Only Shallow, one of my favorite songs from that record. Great band. Uh, Kevin Shields, awesome, takes his sweet time writing <laughs> yeah, he music does. and putting out records, though, which, you know, you can't really complain when everything's been great because even the record they put out, it's crazy, it's almost 10 years ago now, MBV, long-awaited, you know, first record in many, many years was incredible. Um, you know, they uh, kind of the poster uh, poster people poster children or poster boy girl of the genre shoegaze so and this is the the pinnacle of the genre probably absolutely i was pretty late to that album i must have been 20 i must have been like 19 or 20 when i first heard only shallow and that song always blew me away and then i would try to listen to the rest of the record and i would never get past like the third song and it took me like two years to really finish it and realize how incredible it was. And I don't know what about it changed, but I used to hear uh, Touched, I think that's the song. And I was like, what the hell is this? Like, what is going on? And it made me like not want to listen to the rest. And then I got past that. And now I love that song, but now I got, I got past it. And I was like, okay, the textures in here are insane. It's still like catchy, even though it's not traditional in any way. And uh, it that's one of those albums that slowly made its way into my top five, hands down. Uh, another one that I didn't see on your Discogs, maybe it was there, um, but was Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. That one took me years to get into, even though I only liked one song at first. Yeah, it was there. I'm glad you didn't pick it, though, because everybody always picks it. Oh, really? Okay. (laughs) I'm glad I didn't then. Good move. Yeah. Good move. All right. Um, next, uh, Wake Up in Rotation by Spirit of the Beehive off of Entertainment Death. This is basically a brand new record, came out a couple of months mm-hmm. ago. This band is incredible, and this is a weird record, so but in weird. a good way. 
weird in a very good way. I think weird is a good word, actually, but this is definitely a weird record. And probably, I know it, it got immediate critical acclaim, but I felt like it took me a couple of listens to really get into it. Yeah. It didn't like really, I felt like it was a little too grating for me at first, but then after... Sometimes you got to give something a couple of listens to really totally. let it sink in. Yeah, that's interesting because I, I totally agree. Um, but I was so hyped for that album that I think I just I needed to love it when I first heard it. Yeah. So and I gotcha. still I still love it. It's not like it's fallen off the radar for me. Obviously, we're talking about it, but I was so hyped because I loved Hypnic Jerks and um, that album was sick. And then I heard the singles like the new singles before the album came out and i was really excited um and i i didn't know what song to pick honestly because i realized when i was trying to pick one that i always just listen to the album as a whole now yeah i don't like i just can't pick it's one. one of those records for sure that it's definitely meant to be listened to as a whole thing yeah pretty much the whole or each song like perfectly flows into the next one you don't even really have time to stop it if you wanted to um, I just knew I wasn't going to pick I Suck the Devil's Cock so that we didn't talk about it <laughs> the whole time. We're not talking about Satan's dick yeah. here. I was shocked when this they... This is a no Satan's dick podcast. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, was, I was incredibly shocked to uh, see that they had named their song that. And it's in all, <laughs> it's in all caps. It's very aggressive. <laughs> but it actually is one of my favorites on that album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. So, yeah, if anybody hasn't listened to Spirit of the Beehive, they're definitely incredible. Another amazing band up next, Deer Hunter with Don't Cry from their uh, 2010 album, Halcyon Digest. That's right. That has been in my car. That CD has been the only CD in my CD changer for probably three years now. Nice. And So you get a lot of listens into it. Yes. And... My yeah. screen on the car doesn't like say the names of the songs. So for two of those three years, actually maybe up until a couple months ago, I didn't know the names of most of the songs other than like Helicopter. But most of the songs I always loved. I just didn't remember their names. Um, so it's funny even hearing it's Don't Cry. I'm like, okay, wait, which one was that? Is that track three? Uh, and I think it is track three, track two or three. Um, but yeah, Deer Hunter is incredible. That album's amazing, and um, I, th I actually used this song "Don't Cry" as uh, a reference track for this song that's going to come out after "With a Little Love," "Hazy Lazy Light." Awesome! So you can amazing. Yeah, at least in the mixing, um, not as much song structure. Like I said, the song structure is more Beatlesy, but the mixing, I really wanted it to sound like that. I understand the pain you're in. You see me more come to hold me. 
Alright, speaking of the Beatles, you selected my favorite Beatles record, Revolver. Nice. Probably my favorite record ever, too, if we're just being, you know, if we're just talking records. Yeah, that's in addition a, to my a favorite fair Beatles answer. Record, probably my favorite album ever. I want to tell you, off of Revolver, yeah, the sound of this record, to me, is just, as far as the guitar tones... I know it's a very basic guitar tone, but the way the guitars sound on this record is the way I feel like guitars should sound. Mm. I don't know. Like, I love the way the guitars sound on Revolver, that jangly guitar sound. So I find myself really, really drawn to music and songs that kind of emulate that mid-period Beatles guitars the guitar tone and sound yeah that uh George he's insane the uh the tones he gets especially you know tax man what a way to open the album too um this album though it took me a while to realize it was my favorite Abbey Road is the one I always said was my favorite but I'm like I'm too daunted to listen to Abbey Road every time like it's such a big album that I don't really want to just throw it on but Revolver hits that sweet spot for me where it's like like Rubber Soul could have been it for like I can understand why that would be it for someone. But to me, it's like not it doesn't quite scratch the experimental itch the way that I agree with you. Totally, Revolver yeah. does. Yeah. So I love I think it's almost like the White Album condensed where each song is very different from each other. But uh, it's not as long as the White Album, obviously. And uh I mean, there's not a song I skip. I don't need to hear the the other George song, the like, what is the like really Eastern sounding one? But yeah, yeah, it's still um, good. Yeah, yeah, totally. And this was a hard one for me to pick one song. the The other option was going to be here, there, and everywhere, but I felt like uh, I want to tell you is a song. If I had to pick which one, like I could write, like if I wrote one of those, which one would I pick? It'd probably be I want to tell you. the doubt by hers off of invitation to hers Uh, this band is incredible unfortunately they tragically passed away in a van accident after they performed at south by southwest and then they actually performed in phoenix and then they were driving from phoenix to los angeles a a couple of years ago and it's really devastating because everything they they've put out up until that point was really great and i feel like they had so much more music to make together um just a huge fan and i was happy to see you pick a song by them yeah um i totally agree it is uh i mean it's an absolute tragedy what happened and they are like the most loving dudes it seemed like like they loved each other and they loved what they did they always had such a positive um mindset it seemed like based on the interviews and the way the way they performed and they just like to have fun 
and um you're right they had they had so much like good music in them still that they uh, i wish that we could hear uh and i've always said that i think they're going to be one of those bands in 10 years 15 years that someone makes a documentary about them that like brings them back 15 years later that people are like who are these people and like because they weren't that big i mean they were big enough that you know maybe people in the indie music community like knew about them but i think large scale they're not really that big but every song was so good and like they all had a classic feel but they were modern too and everything was like romantic and it didn't like in this day and age like it's so easy to get really jaded and write songs that are more jaded but all their songs to me sounded so romantic and not even not even happy but some of the songs of course were really happy but just everything sounded like lovely and um i wish i almost saw them and i almost saw them in la like a year before they passed and i remember thinking like i don't want to spend the 15 dollars you know of course now i like would spend a hundred dollars to see them um but i will always regret that i didn't get to see them uh but this album i think is my favorite even though they only put out two but the first one everyone else everyone else seems to really love the first one and i I get it because there's some really great songs but i think the second one was like on a different level every song i loved every song like flowed well and like their writing had gotten even stronger than it was on the first this is another album i had a hard time picking which song because um they are all so good, but this song, Carry the Dad, I feel like is almost the uh, like the pinnacle of what the rest of the album is. It's it's slower, but it's not too slow. And like it just has great melodies. Uh, the guitar is beautiful. Uh, the, I like how they have drum machines on everything. They really make the drum machines work. But yeah, this this album, I can't recommend it enough to anyone because I don't think it got nearly enough shine and hopefully one day they get uh the spotlight uh shined on them more than maybe they had when they were here i agree very very well said great song great band they are missed All right, so Parker, you've been such a great guest. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Sadly, we're coming to the end of this episode. Everyone, Parker's awesome new single is out today with a little love. Uh, Follow him on all social media, Instagram, Facebook, so you can be in the know when the awesome music video drops in two weeks. Also, got to check out the On That Note podcast. Again, that's on all streaming platforms as well, so you're going to want to subscribe. And on Apple Music or Apple Podcasts, you're going to want to rate it as well. You could check out Parker's website, Parker Whirling. That's W-I-E-R-L-I-N-G.com. And of course, 
His music is also available on all streaming platforms. I know, Parker, earlier you mentioned that the EP is coming out in 2022. When's the uh, B-side to this uh, new single coming out? Do you, do you know? Uh, yeah, it should be out. I'm thinking November. I haven't decided on an actual day, awesome. but November feels like a pretty good time for this one. Just in time for Thanksgiving. Exactly. Everyone. Parker, thanks so much for being on Look at My Records today. You picked some great records, and it was so fun talking to you about all the amazing stuff you have going on, my friend. Well, thank you very much, Tom, for having me. I know we've uh, followed each other on Instagram for a while, so I appreciate your support. Thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure talking with you. You know, I can talk about music with anyone for hours and hours, so I uh, this has been so much fun. So thank you again. Oh, my pleasure. Next time you're in New York, drop me a line. We'll yes. hang out. Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. We're going to play one more song by Parker. This one's called Always, Always. Vision in my mind's eye Waking up is scary if you're too high Wish that I could bury you on my side My side, yeah, my side Wish I hadn't heard it through the grapevine But maybe we just need a little face time Wish that I could bury you on my side My side, yeah, my side in my mind's eye waking up is scary if you're too 